Welcome to the Shalhaba Community Church Podcast. We hope you're encouraged by the following message. So we've been looking through the book of Ephesians. We know the Apostle Paul wrote this to a church out there in modern-day Turkey. And Ephesians at the time was a pretty modern Roman city. Probably not unlike the Western world now. They had all the, the cool mod cons that you've got now. It was, a, it was a trading place, very cosmopolitan. People were coming and going, a lot of, lot of different influences. Um, so a lot of parallels to our world today. And so Paul was writing to a church that was facing those challenges of distraction and what their real calling was. And um, so I guess there's a lot of parallels today in what we look at. Um, Paul spoke to that church first about the riches that they had in Christ, the first half of the book. Talked about the things maybe that are to their spiritual account, credit to their account, I guess. Uh, things that, uh, blessings they had, things that were within them. And then the second half of Ephesians, Paul talks about what to do with those things. He talks about the action, what now, all the therefores, as a result of this, what are we going to do now? So we're into the middle of that now in Ephesians 5. So i um, love you to turn with me to Ephesians 5 this morning. Apologies for no graphics. Um, a few technical glitches on my part by the look of it. Um, that, uh, that's gone somewhere off into the internet, not to where it should have gone this morning. So um, you'll have to bear with me, you'll have to open your own Bible or maybe share with someone next to you um, and we'll uh, see what God's got to say to us this morning. Let's just pray before we start. Heavenly Father, we're just so thankful for your word that you've laid out for us. Thank you for those who wrote it so long ago. And we're thankful that it's applicable to us today, Father. You say your word is stronger than a two-edged sword. We thank you that your word, when it's applied to our lives has a power to change our world. Let's pray for open ears and willing hearts this morning as we look into your word. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. So let's take a look at Ephesians 5 this morning, starting in verse 1. Paul speaking to the Ephesians. Therefore, be imitators of God as dear children and walk in love as Christ also has loved us and given himself for us, an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling aroma. But fornication and all uncleanness or covetousness, let it not even be named among you as is fitting for saints. Neither filthiness nor foolish talking nor coarse jesting, which are not fitting, but rather giving of thanks. For this you know, that no fornicator, unclean person, nor covetous man who is an idolater has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. Let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of these things the wrath of God comes on the sons of disobedience. Therefore do not be partakers with them. So what's this passage say to us today? We read those things and it seems pretty direct. It's, it's, it's pretty clear what Paul's talking about. But as we said, as Steve said, we've been going through this verse by, by verse. So let's just have a, a quick look through that this morning, the, the details of what Paul is talking about. And then I want to uh, talk some more just about one point in particular. Verse 1, he says, Therefore, so in light of what Paul's been talking about in chapter 4, and we'll have a look at that in a little, little moment, 
Therefore, be imitators of God as dearly loved children. I love this picture. God as our Heavenly Father and us as his children. We're looking up to him and we're trying to be just like him. Imitators of God. And God taking delight in his children. His dearly loved children, he says. And Jesus encouraged us to be children of faith, didn't he? He encouraged the children to come to him. He encouraged us to have faith like little children. And we see that, don't we, when they're little kids, when they're young. I guess they imitate us, don't they? They imitate their parents for better or worse. Kids are like a sponge, aren't they? They soak up everything they see around them and it drips back out of them. A bit like a mirror, isn't it? They mimic, they imitate what they see. They learn to smile as we smile at them. They learn to laugh. They learn their first words. They learn to walk and we take great delight in that. They imitate us. And as they grow older, they learn to relate to the world around them by the way they see us relate to the world around us. It's right, isn't it? They imitate us, our children. So Paul encourages us to imitate our Heavenly Father. We really can't go wrong with that, can we? Our heavenly, if we imitate our Heavenly Father, we're probably going to get it right every time. Verse 2, Paul encourages again to walk in love. Paul reminds us of God's great example to us of love in Jesus. And this isn't your mushy, gushy, smoochy love you see on TV. This is strong love. This is sacrificial love we're talking about. Fierce love. The most powerful force in the universe. This sort of love is pleasing to God. It's a sweet-smelling aroma, Paul says. It's a sweet smell to God. He loves it when he sees it, when he hears it. It's very pleasing to God. And then under verse 3 and 4, another therefore. So in view of this love, in view of this love he's just talked about, he says, there should be no hint of the immorality or impurity, obscenity, foolish talk, bad jokes. That sort of behaviour has no place for a follower of Jesus. The alternative he gives us, but rather thanksgiving. So back in chapter 4, Paul's reminded us to put off all these things he's just talked about there. He calls in chapter 4 to renew our minds, to put on the new man, he asks us to do, to walk worthy of the calling that we've been given in Christ Jesus. Paul reminds us that our lives should be characterised by gentleness, by patience, perseverance, unity, peace, and forgiveness. Verse 5, as he goes on, there is no inheritance in these things he's just talked about in verse 3 and 4. And Steve spoke about this a few nights back. He said that one day we're going to stand before a great white throne. And anything in our lives that doesn't look like Jesus is going to be burned up. And what remains, what remains after that is our inheritance, is our reward. So Paul's saying, there's no inheritance in these things over here. There's no value in them. It's the things that look like Jesus 
They are our inheritance. They are our reward. And in verse 6 and 7, Paul encourages again not to be drawn into any of those, these unprofitable things. They're not a good use of our time. They're not profitable to us. But as I read this passage, I think, as you reflect on it, the thing that sticks out to me probably most is verses 1 and 2, the things uh, Paul's encouraging us into, to be an imitator of God. And I believe that's an invitation to us today. I think it's a call to a richer and a less self-centred life for us. But it's also a challenge. So what does it look like? What does it mean? How do we get there? How do we become an imitator of God? An imitator, I guess, is someone who, who tries to follow the model or an example of someone else. Someone who copies the behaviour of someone else. I guess... Um, one of the things I think of straight away is um, you head out to parks and the, the start of the year you see something called the Elvis Festival and you see a whole bunch of people, short, tall, fat, thin, all trying to look like Elvis Presley, you know, like um, in all the different shapes and sizes of his life. <laughs> they sing like him, they dance like him, they talk like him, they put on the wigs and the glasses and everything. They're imitating a man who's no longer with us and obviously made an impact on this world. But uh, what we're talking about here is imitating God. So to be clear, when we're talking about imitating God, we're not trying to be God. God is God and we are not. That's, that's pretty obvious. I think we're all probably come to that realisation. But Paul here is calling us to reflect God's qualities, to follow as an example, so that those around us who don't know him and even those who are seeking him, when they see us, they see a reflection of what God is really like. I guess that's what Jesus did too, isn't it? Maybe can I ask you today, if someone looked at your life, what does it look like? Does your life, the way you speak, the way you act, does it point people to the Heavenly Father. It was said of the disciples in the early church, Peter and John, when they were before the uh, Pharisees, it was noted that they'd been with Jesus. Why? Because their actions, the way they spoke, the things they did, brought to people's memory Jesus. It reminded them of him. And that's our goal here. That's what Paul's urging us to do in being imitators of God. So as we get to know God, we draw near to him. We spend time with him each day. We spend time pray praying. We read his word. We get to know his heart. And in doing that, we start to reflect. We start to mimic our God, outworking these things in our lives, these characteristics in our lives. And we start to pray, to see things, to see situations, to see people the way that God sees them. And we allow this way of seeing things to move us into action, to become imitators of God, his dear children. I guess we always imitate those we look up to, don't we? You see a lot of people in this world looking up to 
people. I guess social media and media is the big thing today. You know, you see people, people idolise them. So they, you, you can see what they're doing, you can hear what they're saying, their actions, things like that. So people follow them, they, they imitate them, they dress like them. And even, I guess, the problem is the fictional world of movies and things like that. You're imitating things that aren't real. Yet we have a real God. And we've got his word here. Paul's calling us to imitate God. That's what's really going to bring satisfaction to our lives. And Paul goes on in verse 2 there to say, Walk in love just as Jesus did. Walk in the ways of sacrifice. And of course Jesus did exactly what Paul was calling us to do here, didn't he? He imitated his Father in heaven. John 5 verses 19 and 20, we hear Jesus speaking and he says, I tell you the truth, the Son can do nothing by himself. He can only do what he sees his Father doing. Because whatever the Father does, the Son also does. For the Father loves the Son and shows him all he does. So Jesus spent his time on earth imitating God. That encouraged me all the more to pray, to see things the way God sees them. Jesus spent his time with his eyes fixed on his heavenly Father. And then we hear, I guess, the Father speaking at Jesus' baptism, don't we? This is a son whom I love and I'm well pleased in. God delighted in his, in his son because he imitated his father. And it was a key to Jesus' effectiveness, wasn't it? Jesus was effective in his ministry on earth because he imitated his father and he did what he saw his father doing. That's key to us, isn't it? So we can see from Jesus' life, though, that's costly, isn't it? It's not a simple way to go, and it, it's pretty countercultural to what we see around us, isn't it? We're going against the tide when we do these sort of things. The things Paul talks about setting aside is the things we're, we're up against, the things that are becoming the norm. Impurity, greed, immorality. But if we go against the tide of those things and we keep our eyes fixed on God, imitating God, that's when we're pleasing him as his dear children. So that's, I guess that's the thing as I think about it. The same way that we delight in our kids when they imitate us and they respond to us, God takes delight in our imitating him when we trust him, when we do what he says, when we take him at his word, when we take those steps of faith to act on the things he's calling us to do. It brings him great joy. And God loves us no matter what but he delights when we follow him. So imitating God is also what sets us apart from the world around us. It makes us that salt and light wherever we go. And Jesus said that when salt loses its saltiness, it's only good to be thrown away. And I don't know about you, but uh, I don't want to be useless to God. He loves me and he wants to delight in what I do. And I want to be in that place. So imitating God's going to change our world. It's going to change our families, our workplaces, our schools, our city. And each of us, you and I, we each have that sphere of influence around our lives, don't we? We have those people we come into contact with each day. We have those situations that we, uh, we're in, moment by moment, where we can do and say, and we can be a beacon for others, pointing them towards God by how we act. 
Paul declares in Galatians 2.20, he says, It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. That to me sounds a lot like a guy who's living out what he's talking about here, imitating God. Christ living in me. So application for us today. We're just about done. We look at God's word, but we need to apply it to our lives, don't we? It's not just a head knowledge here. We've got to let it drop down a bit and sink in here. It needs to be outworked for it to be any any use to us. A head knowledge isn't going to change our world. But as we act upon what we know, what we've seen, that's going to change our world. So I'd love you just to get into a a comfortable position today where you can just relax and just focus on God, centre on God and what we've been talking about today. You might want to close your eyes, but just... Just kick back, relax, and some questions I'd love you to consider today as we just, we just uh, talk together. What steps do I need to take today to begin, to, to begin or to grow in imitating God? Maybe it's just beginning the day with some more quality time with him. Getting up a bit early to sit with him. Maybe it just means... Heading for your Bible before you head for your social media. I don't know. God delights in us waiting on him. I don't know about you, but it's the best way to start my day. No matter what's going on, I can start the day peaceful and in full knowledge that God's in control. Maybe it's spending more time in his word. Not just reading or rushing through a passage, but meditating on it and digesting what God's saying to me when we listen and take time to seek out what God's saying to us from his word, he speaks to us directly into our lives. That was his original intent for us, for mankind, to speak with us, to walk with us. He delights to be at the centre of our lives, to walk together with us through the highs and the lows. What steps do I need to take to grow in imitating God? Maybe he's praying that prayer more often. Lord, please help me to see things the way you see them and allow what I see to move me. And having the courage to act on what I see. He delights in seeing us growing to be more like him. And there might be some situations that come to mind where you can see that you've really not been imitating God. There might be things where you'd say, yep, <laughs> I've really blown it here. Or yep, I may need to make some more changes in how I relate in that situation or how I'm responding in a situation. Now's a great time to commit these situations to God. We can allow his wisdom and his grace into those places and see what he wants to do. You see how God delights in walking out these things with us. He wants to walk with us side by side. He's a great healer. And his grace is amazing in places where we think we just can't do it ourselves. So love us just to pray as we finish this morning. Heavenly Father, I just say thank you that we can draw near to you. Thank you that we are your dearly loved children and that we can be imitators of your goodness, that we can be salt and light in difficult places. Today we ask more and more 
Help us to see things the way you see them. Help us to be moved by what moves you. Help us to be imitators of you in every situation that we find ourselves in. We pray in Jesus' mighty name. Amen.